1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for Paris Nice Stage One. This show is presented, as always, by our show partner Zwift, here with Benji for one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen. And which is good, because Paris a bit of a snooze last year, except for Robert's <laughs> crashing. He's back. We have a stacked start list. The Yates brothers, Roglic, McNulty Almeida, both looking good. Haig, Vlasov, Quintana, Yonizagira. Big GC start list, stronger than Torreno on average. The sprinter field, Jakobsen, Philipsen, Wout van Aert. I see Gronerwerken. It's a stacked sprint start list as well. Uh, Sam Bennett, Brian Cockart. And this first stage was perfectly designed. We have exposed crosswind potential sections. Maybe the wind wouldn't be strong enough from Mont La Ville to Mont La Ville. They have a bit of a local circuit, 160 Ks, and they finish with a hilly circuit. They have a 1,200 meter, 6.5% Côte de bruille Bois Robert climb. It crests 6 K from the finish, and it was operation. Would Phillipson and Jakobsen get dropped by Bahrain for Colbrelli and Jumbo for Van Aert? And that was the, why it was a great design. And the crosswinds, Benji, talk to me about them. Was, the, was it the wind or was it the teams not really committing to it that meant there was no splits today?
0: It was a combination of the two, I'd say. We went to that crosswind section with three riders in front, Frison, Goujar, and Fedorov. a break that formed with like 50k to go. But once we got there, we noticed that the peloton was slightly nervous. They know there's a crosswind section coming. Something's about to go down. But we see, unlike what we usually see when it comes to the uh, crosswinds, that Quickstep is not well represented at the front. They've got a few riders. Jakobsen kind of with like one or two teammates max at that point in the race. And this is with like, between like 30 and 20k to go, that we're starting to notice that there's limited quickstep riders. And the most notable team at the front was Yambo, who was settling there with, I think, five riders in a row, already on the right side of the road, ready to do something. And it seemed like they were trying to do something. Rohan Dennis, who I usually could recognize in an Ineos shirt, but at Yambo, it's so difficult to realize that he's at Yambo. It's something that's unsettling about it. But hey, They were keeping the team at the front and so forth. And at a certain point, they were in that crosswind section, but it was split in two parts, a smaller crosswind section, a portion between houses, and then a bigger crosswind section. Initial crosswind section, uh, okay, fake news. Let's be honest about it. There's no way crosswinds can form in that, but it thinned out the peloton a bit because it wasn't necessarily one team that went all out on that section. Mike Turnison went to the front towards the end of that though and tried to line it out a bit, and that worked. But it was really on the second part of the crosswinds where it really started being a thin line out of a peloton, a very long, stretched-out peloton. And as a consequence, all these riders like Quintana was trying to move up on the right side of the road quite quickly to make sure he's up there if splits happen, if splits occur, because only one rider needs to drop a wheel and a gap opens up and you've got an echelon happening. But those gaps did not open up, and that's what's intriguing about this because they're going towards a climb, with a very long stretched out peloton. And I'm going to throw it to you for uh, responding why that matters.
1: Well, it seems obvious, but you forget, and I saw it with Neves in Gran Camino the other week. If you start the climb 150 meters behind the front of the peloton, you have to do the climb significantly quicker just to finish in the same time. And that's what Jumbo Visma did so brilliantly. They've brought an incredibly strong, balanced team, maybe a little bit light on climbing, but the rulers here, listen, they know they can... Roglic doesn't need that much help on Torini if he's safe and crash-free by the base of Torini They want to bring him there safely. And with Laporte, Turneson, Van Arten, Van Hooydonk and Dennis, that is just a ridiculous squad for the hills and flats and wind in Paris-Nice. And they had... Three, four riders on into the base of that climb. Yates was deep in the group. Steepa, their only quick stepper, really in the top six or seven wheels. McNulty and Almeida couldn't see them anywhere. And Nathan van Hoydonk just spanked it at the base of this 1200-meter <laughs> climb. Like full cobbled classic style lead out like they're launching on the moor or something. Then this is after Turnerson had done an incredible job keeping them front. Then it's Laporte, the guy who is so punchy and in such good shape. He nearly won Kerner from a break. He nearly won stage six of Paris last year, up a 2K 6% climb against Roglic. He hits it and we're seeing gaps. We see, I'm like, where's Frailer? Hater was dropped before. Colbrelli was dropped before. Don't know what's going on with him. Danny Martinez and Yates trying to close it in the wind themselves. I'm like, where's Dylan Van Bala? And we suddenly see there's three Yumbo riders when Van Art takes over, literally going away on the climb with one quick stepper on their wheel. I don't know who lost the Schieber. wheel. Stuba. yeah Yep. I don't know who lost the wheel, but with <laughs> Just and then at that point, I, I don't even think Wavanar committed so quickly. I think the plan was to drop Jakobsen and Phillips and Benji. Yeah. I don't think the plan was to ride away.
0: I think so as well. Like, perhaps there was a plan where someone could attack if a smaller group forms, but once you notice that you're three riders with one rider like Skibar, you're like. We might as well just keep going. Worst case scenario, we're sprinting against Stibar and on paper, two of the three riders that we have in that group beat Stibar in a sprint. So it's worth keeping up the tempo. And they like gradually started realizing that they were they were actually going to get away with this. And we noticed that the gap towards us in the second part which is basically the fifth rider in the race at that point, was already quite significant. And from a helicopter shot, we slowly started seeing Jakobson fall through that second group as well. And at the front, we saw that Stibar was also dropping from the three Jumbo riders, from Laporte, Wout, and Primo Roglic. And when that happens, it's, it's done deal. Team time trial. Yumbo was complaining that there's no team time trials in Grand Tours. They're making them themselves. I
1: know, know. and before we get into maybe what was going on behind, a word from our show partners, Zwift, the online cycling platform that makes training fun. Tour of Watopia starts next week. Five stages of riding with five new routes, unlocks, and double XP so your efforts help you level up twice as quickly. Perhaps with Yumbo's performance today, I don't need to be Getting to 6.5 watts per kilo FTP to stop the gacha, like I said yesterday. Uh, but anyway, I'll still be getting on Swift after this. Thanks to Zwift, as always, for supporting the podcast. But yeah, situation, Stebar dropped, three Yumbo riders clear, 6K flat run in, and yes, yeah, it's got no one. And that's when we knew it was done because it's, re- it's like a full changing of the guard. And it's been a transition where Ineos dominated the 20 teens, and maybe I'm overreacting. I probably am because there's a lot of COVID around. There's a lot of sickness around. But to see no Ineos domestiques on the front pacing for Yates was just eye-opening, and I just didn't expect it, or Cole Bredley not being there. And eventually, oh, Laporte couldn't pull. He was flat li- red-lined. And this reminded me, Benji, of almost stage seven of the Tour 2020 where I'm like, pull Roglic, you're a truck, like we saw on Kovadonga. <laughs> and Roglic, when he starts pulling, it makes all the difference because he's going for GC now. Anyway, those three pull, what do you think they should do, Benji? They got Roglic maximum bonus seconds. The stage, they were originally going for Van Art, but Laporte – They've just signed. They want him to be a domestique in the classics and he's never won a world tour race. What did you think Yambo? would or should do?
0: I think that there's multiple pathways that they can do. Yes, if this race matters a lot for the team and for Roglic to win it, then you go for the bonus seconds. But let's be honest, winning Paris Nice, yeah, it's, it's great, but it's not the end of the world for Roglic if it doesn't happen. So as a consequence, I think that gifting it to someone would be reasonable knowing that you're gifting it to a rider that as a consequence is your domestique for the rest of your bloody lives at this point because for example gifting it to Wout didn't really make sense to me like Wout was out of the picture for the victory 100% so it was either bonus seconds for Roglic or gifting it to Laporte because that's how you get your domestiques to ride for you when it really matters and therefore I think in Paranis, they made the right choice, and that choice is?
1: Christophe Laporte takes his first world to a win ahead of Roglic, with Roglic having taken away, justifiably, stage six from him in Paranis last year, turns full circle. And it's funny, like, full leadership of goes to Jumbo as a domestique and he gets his first World Tour stage win <laughs> yeah. in his first World Tour race for them, I think, because yeah. Kerner's not World Tour. I can't remember if he did or not. So nope. incredible for him. And the thing is, if Roglic doesn't crash out, he should walk this Paranese. So he, yeah. that, it doesn't matter. If the lead is five minutes or five minutes, four seconds, or one minute, one minute, four seconds, it's whether he crashes out for me already because yeah. Yumbo just looked ridiculous. And... I've actually never seen anything like this, Benji. Because 1994, I wasn't alive. No, I was alive, but I was one, so I wasn't yet, you know, conscious. I was about the same age. You're still not, but exactly, okay. still kind of half asleep. But have you ever seen anything like this?
0: Well, it reminds me of that uh, that sort of front stage where Frum and Sagan rode away towards the end of the stage. Kind of that same vibe. It's not the same kind of thing, but it's different teams, but it's the same kind of thing where it's. A few riders that are riding away from a peloton in that sense. This time it was the peloton actually being completely done though. But a lesson learned for Gino Mater today. If you want to win a Paranese stage and Roglic <laughs> is in the race, go to Jumbo visma at the end of the season.
1: Here's the top 10. Laporte first, Roglic second, Van Aert third. Then Latour, Pedersen, Germay actually came top 10 sixth. Then Garcia, Cortina, right, Philipsen, Seneschal. Jakobsen got properly dropped from that group. Philipson made that sort of second group. Uh, in terms of GC riders that lost time today, Haig was in that group on 22 seconds. So was McNulty. I'm looking for Almeida. He was there. So was Quintana Yates. So all the main GC guys I can see there, uh, including Vlasov. Uh, maybe there's some other ones that have missed it. Then it was on two minutes. So he got... He got spat. Jay Vine lost two minutes with uh, Van Hooy and turnersen And, yeah, it was just all positioning into that final climb. In terms of GC, Roglic already has a 28-second lead on everybody on GC. We have in paris a TT on stage four. It's a roly TT, 13Ks. Roglic can be putting more time into people. Uh, we do have tricky stages to come. It's always tricky stages before we get to the sun in the south. But the main climb, we didn't end up doing a preview for this. Uh, the main mountaintop finish stage is stage 7 to Colter-Torini, 156Ks. It's 15Ks, 7% perfect rubbish climb. So, yeah, it's – Paranese already <laughs> looks over, frankly. And I think there'll be a lot of questions from Minios and other teams. How did we lose 30 seconds on this stage? It's just. Are going they'll be shocked.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. And it's not like there's no competition here. That's the biggest thing. Like, it's a good start It's not list. easy to ride away with three riders, including Laporte, on the last climb, knowing the start list that is here. So I think the key point in this race was stretching out the peloton before getting to the hill, causing splits to happen and it making harder for other people to try and catch them. And I was kind of surprised that Quintana was a bit too far behind in that line and therefore wasn't able to bridge up again on the climb and so forth but hey that's what happened here when it comes to uh the upcoming stage though have you mentioned the parkour yet
1: no i have not stage two it's a flat stage i'm trying to look it's first south from paris uh just south of versailles to orleans 160ks this should be a sprint it's an uphill little drag to the finish uh, the only way this doesn't finish in a big bunch sprint is crosswinds, which, like, Tannen, I don't I don't think any else can try in the crosswinds or Arkea Benji. Like, how, how are they going to drop Turnesson, Van Hooydonk, Laporte, Van Art and Roglic in the crosswinds? Do they at least try and hope Roglic, because you saw something with Roglic today. Like, he still, those rulers are great, but he doesn't keep their wheel all the time yeah uh i don't
0: think it will be super easy to do that here and like yeah they have riders that can do well in crosswinds like that rowan Van bala but i just don't really see it at this point point. and the competition they have is also good at crosswinds so i don't think it will be necessarily effective on this one and then i look at other teams and quick steps not actually here with a with a shit team they've got next to jacobs and lumpart Merck with seneschal stibar and those riders could do that stuff but on the other hand, why would they do that if they can just get it to a sprint and have a proper lead-out squad there for Jakobsen? Exactly. Because the, the less riders Jakobsen has, I'd argue the less chance he has of winning.
1: I was surprised, and I still will be. We have punchy guys who got dropped on that climb today. Cocard, Schachmann, and Co. even Sir and Kra. We do have to remember, and... The main word of caution I would have in overreacting to this result is there is so much sickness and COVID that has been affecting the peloton the last two weeks. You saw guys pulling out of strata the night before. There's gastro going around. There's COVID everywhere, it seems, or guys getting it and pulling out of races, and that affects preparation. It's not like, oh, I got COVID this week. The week before, I couldn't do that race, but we'll see him in the race in two weeks, and he'll just be—he'll carry that peak. He's probably—he's had to have time off the bike. He's probably had to go get a heart check or something. He's missed out on training, and that's why it's—that's the one word of caution I would have for my own self in not overreacting to these results. But who have you got for tomorrow, Benji? I think uh, it's—I think but is going to be on the phone, and I think Jacobson's taking it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the obvious names are Jakobsen, Walfenod, well, Miss Pedersen for the sprint and so forth, but I'm going to go for a complete outsider. I think he's still an outsider, at least. Binyam Girmay was second in the bunch sprint behind. Yes, the hills helped him getting that result, but I want to see an outsider win, and therefore Girmay is my name. No, not mine, but the winner's name tomorrow.
1: <laughs> and he looked, he made it over the client. Even all about positioning today, and I'll have to go back and look at the footage, but, yeah, I'm surprised. Like, guys like him, he did well in the bunch sprint, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still sticking with the Jakobsen, though. He's uh, he's a burner right now, and it should be a yeah. flat finish. Otherwise, around the traps, we had the Gros Dros de priest Jean-Pierre Montserie and it's a 1-1 race. It had Alperson Lotto, RK, Intermarché, and Step. I just want to mention it mainly because Arnaud Ali won again and yep. no word of a lie, this 19-year-old is pretty good second pro win already. Did you watch it? How dominant was it? I watched
0: the uh, the Razan. There was a split with about, was it 20K to go or something where a group got away and there were quite a few uh, Lotto riders in there and Lotto basically gave him a perfect lead out. And that's perfect to the point where the riders in the wheel of the third lotto rider, which was Arnaud Daly, was von Leerberger and Ethan Vernon. Von Leerberger doing lead out for Ethan Vernon. And then von Lederberg launched and Ethan Vernon just imploded in, in the wheel of those lotto riders. So completely uh, not working against uh, the lead there. But quite surprising to me is that we've seen the bond sprint very well this season so far, getting third in Samas, second here. Same story with Hofstetter, who... Is here for the points. Let's be honest about it. Getting a second in Samed and Alfa in this race, he's definitely doing it for Arkea, just like Delea is doing it for Lotto at the moment. You think that Arnold Lee can be a key to Lotto to make it relatively close in those points? And let's say with him, uh, with Caleb Ewan, if he wins Milano San Remo, are they back in the game?
1: They, they need Arnold Lee really to score a thousand points. They, they do. Not not a point less. And he's already on 270 in the start of March, which is incredible. And the problem with their squad was they can't send Ewan to all these races. And they were relying heavily on him to step up, Arnaud Ali. And he's already doing it. Like even 10th at Listerman maybe Mm. a little bit more than that. But yeah, the problem is they only gained five points today on Arkea because Arkea had De Bont. No, sorry, Hofstetter in third. He took yeah. seventy. And who was somewhere in seventh? Grandin, who I've never heard of before. he's um, decent this year.
0: Is he? As right. domestique wise. Got like top fifteen at Saudi Tour, which is not an amazing result, but it says you can ride a bike properly.
1: Yeah. So yeah, they rely on Dali. Can he can he win a Shelter price? If Ewan doesn't do it, what do you see? Depends on the competition. It's going to be uh, a quick step down. It's going to be some better (laughs) (laughs) sprints Scheldepreis, I think. Billy wins prize. Hot take. I think De Bont will go to the Tour this year for Alperson. I think he'll be second last man. He didn't, from memory, go to the Tour last year. I don't know if he had a crash or something. He did the Giro. I think he'll do the Tour and there'll be Ricard, De Bont, for Phillipson and it will be an absurd last tour. And Merlier? No. And Van Der Poel? Not sending Merlier. He's out. <laughs>
0: okay. He's gone.
1: Anyway. Stay tuned for our coverage of both Paranese and toreno Adriatico, which starts tomorrow. It's Pagaccia against Jonas at Toreno. I haven't heard, oh, and Ava sorry. And Alaphilippe and Cavendish are also there for Quick Step. I haven't heard how has recovered from his crash in Strata in the huge effort, but the first stage, they're actually reversed. The, they're not doing the San Benedetto del Tronto TT. That's actually a road stage on stage seven. The first stage in Lido di Camo, Camo, Camaiore, which was a yep. sprint last year won by Wavana against Ewan, it's a flat TT. And so we'll be seeing Avonopol K- Gana. Gana. Yep. Gana. He's pretty good at these, but he's not the favorite. Avonopol's the favorite. Do you agree on the betting?
0: Oh, oh, it's so difficult, you know, because Gana can underperform at some point in the season. we have seen a few times before, but I'm gonna go for even a pull for this one, and I have no reason why.
1: Yeah, he looks. His Algarve TT was obscene, uh, but GC wise, there's no mountaintop finish. There is a hard 6k, nine and a half percent climb that they do twice on the, I think, the sixth stage. Pagaccio will still be the favourite. We'll be seeing what Jonas can do with Bauman and Coos to help him in the mountains. Wouldn't be surprised to see Eduardo Affini in the top three of the TT tomorrow. The sprint field is a little light compared to uh, Paris-Nice, but we have UNV Cav, so that's worth watching as well. So a big week of two of the most prestigious one-week stage races on the calendar with pretty much everybody here at either of the two races out of the top guys in the world. So very happy to see that. What about Padun Benji? You reckon he can top three to uh, the GC? I think he can. No. Nah. It's a
0: one-week race, but mm. it's possible. I think it's possible. And next to that, when it comes to the sprints, I think Koi showed in the OE Tour that he can podium one, the sprint. And if they get it right with the squad, which I'm not sure necessarily he has much support there, then. I would dare to say that he can again podium it because winning without the lead-out that he doesn't really have here is going to be difficult.
1: Yeah, but it should be a little bit easier to at least get into competitive position than UAE, if not necessarily winning. But we hope you enjoyed this recap doubleheader tomorrow, which we can't wait for. Busy week for us. Thanks to Zwift, as always, for supporting the show. No Tuesday night group ride. We're waiting... Till Milano and Remo. we'll do a watch along Swift LRCP group ride. Then more details to follow on our Twitter at and Ciao.